figure, she stops playing with all the other boys. And as she gets ready to squirt and to blast, she'll squeal with pleasure and fluids will spill. As she listens to the Squared Circle Action Figure Podcast with my dudes Will the Thrill and Joe Static. And now, Will the Thrill and Joe Static and the Squared Circle Action Figure Podcast. Welcome back to the Squared Circle Action Figure Podcast. As you heard from the Greek Joel Gertner, I'm your host, Will the Thrill. And I am your host, Jimmy Garvin. Jimmy Garvin, wow. I am so pleased to have you on the podcast this week. You know what? Let's throw static out the window. It's a pleasure to be here, Will. Besides the tag team titles, I can never win a title on my own. Um, so I'm, gonna, I'm here to talk about that this week. Well... Bad Street USA. Da, 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 da. And <laughs> Jimmy, pleasure to have you, gorgeous, the gorgeous one. Pleasure to be here. So, to all our listeners out there, remember you can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, including Podbean, iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Spotify, and TuneIn. And if you listen to the podcast, please write a review. It's always helpful to us. And if you do write a review, we will post it on our social media accounts on Instagram and Twitter at SQD Circle AFP. And you can follow us there as well for more wrestling figure photos, giveaways, fig hunts. Again, that is at SQD Circle AFP on Instagram and Twitter. And coming soon, we'll be launching our weekly YouTube live streams, the Wrestling Figure Roundtable at the Squared Circle Action Figure Podcast. So, Jimmy, how's everything going with you this week? Are you out on the hunt? Are you out on the road performing some of that beautiful, gorgeous music? I'm actually out on the road. I'm looking for Elite 77, and I've seen a couple pallets pop up this week. So, uh, Elite 77 still in stores. I got another Fiend add to the collection, and uh, that's about it, baby. All right, baby. Yeah, Elite 77 is still out there. I heard that Elite 78 is also out there, and the GBM report will have a little more to say about that this week. Other than that, same here. I found another The Fiend Bray Wyatt, The Fiend Elite 77 figure from Mattel. So I added that into the collection, and we'll be busting that open a little later on. So, Joe, let's start it off real quick here. And you brought this to my attention, and I was like, whoa, Insta, Insta pre-order, Insta pre-order, Insta pre-order. <laughs> Stunning Steve, baby. Stunning Steve Mattel, WWE Elite 81 is now up for pre-order on ringside collectibles. Well, I think this is a highly anticipated figure. I feel like figure collectors were always, I mean, throughout the years, you kind of see Stunning Steve. We need a Stunning Steve. So now we finally get a Stunning Steve to add to the collection. He's up on, on Ringside Collectibles pre-order. Comes with a nice classic WCW tag title. So if you have the Brian Pillman, you can pair these two together. I know the Brian Pillman, besides the vest, comes in the bangle shorts. So that's kind of throwing it off a little bit. But at least you have an elite Pillman. Now you have an Elite Stunning Steve. You can probably purchase two of these, I would imagine, because you need both WCW tag titles. Yeah, man, that's a great figure to pre-order. That's definitely on the list. Definitely on the pre-order list. And yes, you can use that 
Mattel WWE Elite 47.5 Brian Pillman. Hopefully we'll get an updated version with some better tights, but you can do torso swaps if you're a loose collector. I think this hurts the men on card collectors the most, and you probably have to get two of these stunning Steve Austin figures for now, just because if you want two belts, I think it's an instant pre-order for two of these. Maybe you keep one men on card, maybe you take one out, check out the belt, check out the figure, but I'm only assuming another figure will come, be coming down the line shortly with another WCW tag title. Absolutely love the figure. I think it's great. It's funny, though, that we got the first version of Steve Austin last. I, <laughs> right? I know. They needed to push the other Stone Cold, Stone Cold Steve Austin figures out so fast. You know, They had to keep that Stone Cold movement going. We're stunning Steve. Popular, not as popular. So I could see why he was on the back burner. Very iconic, though, in the early 90s for WCW. Oh, yeah. I agree with you. Personally, I would have liked to see this figure before a ringmaster figure. But you know what? Hey, it's worth the wait. They got the new TrueFX technology, the face photo printing technology now. They got it with the title. So I'm I'm happy we have something here. What do you think of Steve Austin ECW Hogan version? Let me tell you something, brother. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a F you and a stunner. I don't know. That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, uh, all right. I'm like, okay, yeah, we can go with that. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But yeah, why not? Of course. I think many people would also like Shawn Michaels as Hulk Hogan eventually. I didn't watch wrestling during that segment. I know it's pretty iconic, though. I know we got it with Jax. So, yeah, why not, right? It's just another check off the list. Go for it. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, moving on real quick. We're going to go over to AEW because the AEW Unrivaled Collection has now flooded its way throughout all the Walmarts in the country. They've been an instant sellout from what I've seen pretty much everywhere. But the real news, the big news is we're seeing the one of a thousands and one of five hundreds pop up on ringsidecollectibles.com on the Ringside Collectibles Instagram. It looks like the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast got a couple of these in hand now. And good for them, man. You know, I wish I wish I had that kind of connection. Unfortunately, we don't. So if anybody comes across one of these and is listening to the pod and doesn't really want one, let me know. I'm always up for it. I, I'm looking for that Cody 1500. I did contact Ringside Collectibles. They're not giving me any information. They're they're stonewalling me. That's a little sad because I, I really want one of those 1500 Cody's. But in addition to that, in the major wrestling figure podcast photos of them with their Chase figures, AEW Unrivaled Collection Chase figures, I saw that they had them in finger defender cases. And Ringside confirmed there will be AEW Unrivaled Collection figure defender cases. And they look great. They do look amazing. They fit the cards really well. It just looks stunning. More details to come. I'm pretty excited about that as a hashtag MOC, hashtag MOC for life collector. Yeah, for sure. Well, both Chase figures, the Cody and the Jericho look great. I like the Cody, but I think I like the Jericho a little more. I, I know you like the Cody for the uh, Star Trek theme. You're a Star Trek fan. But if I had to pick between the two, if I had a choice, I would go with the Jericho. At one of my Walmarts that I go to, they had I actually seen the full All Elite Wrestling display, the huge cardboard display in the center. Of course, it was completely empty and the UFC bottom was completely empty as well. So I didn't know they were getting that in. Uh, it was kind of a surprise to me, but it was completely cleared out. So 
uh, couldn't say I didn't see that coming. Yeah, it's been very unfortunate. I have not seen any of the shippers in my area. If they did drop, I don't think they were a BrickSeek inventoried item. It doesn't look like they were because I've been checking BrickSeek nonstop and there hasn't been a point since the initial release. I mean, a couple stores got restocks here and there, but I have not seen that pallet shipper. I'm going to check again and we'll see what happens. I don't know. I think we're over with this first wave. I did speak with a Walmart employee this week as well, and they said that there is no, I don't know how she put it to me. She checked her scanner and it said basically that the vendor didn't have any more product available to ship. So I think, to be honest, it's on hold. If you don't have it in your distribution center right now, you're done. So it's kind of sad in that respect. I guess I'm going to have to wait for this Kenny Omega figure. Hopefully somebody can hook one up for me. But I didn't see any of these Chase figures found at retail in this first wave. So we've just seen them through ringside collectibles. I'm pretty eager to see when the second wave comes through of the Unrivaled Collection Series 1. I'm assuming that's going to be in October. And then maybe we'll start seeing Chase figures pop up retail. I don't know, man. Yeah, I think it's going to be difficult. Those Chase figures, especially with the numbers on those, the quantity of how many were made, it's going to be very difficult to obtain those, I think, unless you have, like you mentioned, you know, a little in- once you have a way to get them from ringside direct, like probably limited quantities they get in, it's going to be difficult. You might have to go to eBay. I'm even thinking about going to eBay for a couple of the other ones, just the Series 1. I mean, it's really not bad. Some of them on there are 25 30 bucks. I mean, with shipping, it's like 30 bucks on one of them. I mean, it's really not that much more. So I'll probably jump on there and maybe grab a couple over time. I think you're right. I think the prices have come down and you can now source them on the internet or maybe even through a local toy shop and support them. But yeah, so that's it. I think one last thing. I know you're big with the figure defender cases. Are Do you primarily use ringside collectible figure defender cases? Or I, I know you're, you're big into that. I have not invested a lot into them because right now I'm trying to pick whether or not I want to go acrylic. I just like the acrylic, but the acrylic are so expensive, man. Yeah, the acrylic are. Unless I was going to say there's a company out there. I believe it's called Gonk Toys, G-O-N-K. They're doing like Star Wars, Masters of the Universe, acrylic cases, and they're pretty affordable. I know he just did figures for the reaction, like the Super 7. But yeah, yeah. So I don't know. That company might be a way to go down well in a couple months. He might be doing acrylic cases that would fit, you know, a couple wrestling figures. Yeah, man. I mainly use ringside cases I like. There's cases on eBay I like. You know, they have the little, they're a little more firm. They come in like cases of like 25, 50, 100 on eBay. I'm not sure the name. It's kind of like a generic case. They have a Hasbro Undertaker as the display. Those I like a little more than Ringside. Ringside I have as well. And Zola World, I use those as well. So I use a bunch. But as far as like retro cases, cases like that, I like using the ones on eBay. Ringside, I use the uh, multi-defender ones, multi-purpose ones, and I also use Zolo for a couple of the other ones. Okay, great. Because our listeners were asking this question on our Instagram feed, so I just wanted to get that out there because we did see the AW ones coming, and I pretty much said the same thing, but the gonk thing, yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, I got to check that out. For the elites, I would go with Ringside, and for like classics... Jacks, you know, anything like that. Their uh, multi-purpose cases actually fits the classics perfectly. 
and the ECW ones, all my ECW Carter figures I have in those as well. You can pretty much fit a lot of wrestling figures in those multi-purpose cases. Nice, nice. Well, great recommendation, listeners. That's Joe's take on the figure defender cases. Again, I like the acrylic. I'm going to try to do acrylic and just as I move out of really collecting pretty much everything there is to collect in the world, I'm going to move more into display. You know, I think I'm trying to go that direction, you know, focus some more of my funds and display of what I already have rather than buying more new. Well, I just want to throw, that does make sense. I just want to throw one more thing in here. You know how I'm after that original San Francisco light blue Ric Flair? Oh, yeah. There's a loose one on eBay for $430 right now. Oh, that's a no buy. I know, <laughs> man. If I'm spending, if you're going in the hundreds, it's got to be on card, man. But it's yeah. it, one day this will be dude. in my collection. I know it's in yours. Yeah. I was thinking I, about dude. breaking your window, coming in no. there. No, no. I need a figure defender case for that, damn. But again, I want an acrylic one. I think that the LGN acrylics that are on eBay fit those as well. So I have to to look into that. Dude, $400. I did not spend $400. I spent literally like $175 or $180 or something like that. So no go. And for the dumbass that's going to buy that, because I know there's a dumbass out there that's going to buy that, go fuck yourself. I know. It's a fucking sad. It says very hard, very hard to find figure. One of one currently listed on eBay is the description. They don't come often. I'll just put it to you that way. So, I mean, but for $400, no, I'd let that sit and sit and sit. I'd literally offer the guy 150 bucks. Because even on the high end, my, I wouldn't say my bubble's damaged. It's a little sun damaged, but it's intact. And my card isn't the greatest. And again, like I said, I got it for under 200 chipped. And that was from a community collector. So my thought on that would be, again, if you had something loose, no more than 150. And then if you had something min on card and the card was in really decent condition, I wouldn't go higher than really 300 on it. Just my take. Yeah, I agree. So again, all you fucks out there who buy these figures that are supposedly one of one, oh, I can't, you can't find, they, they, you will find them. They will come up. Just a matter of knowing people and asking around and we can help you. We can point you in the right direction if you need to find some just head our way you know we'll do the our best to try to help you out with that i mean we're going to talk about that a little later and you'll never forget and our poppy segment stay tuned for that all right joe well let's get moving on here and get to this ftc disaster ftc figure soy company out of nowhere released their legends of professional wrestling chris candido figure said it was a sample exclusive one of a hundred. I don't know anything about this show. I didn't ask anybody, but this was like, oh, we have a variant. It's in all black and it comes with extra accessories. Now it's a one of 100. Yeah. The accessories come with this figure and then the actual release it doesn't come with these accessories. And it's an early edition, limited to 100 figures, comes with uh, labeled number packaging. Yeah, like I mentioned, accessories. Uh, I mean, it looks pretty good. I was wondering on my regular Instagram page, I was like, why the fuck isn't this figure coming up on my feed? So I must have said a comment maybe back in the day on their page about, oh, these figures will be released uh, in 2025 or something, maybe. Because I, I, I'm blocked on there. <laughs> 
<laughs> so they just blocked you. They're like, yeah. screw this guy. I, I think know. I was blocked by them too once. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so I had to go on my other Instagram page. I'm not going to say the name of it, I guess, now. No, don't. Yeah, We have to be incognito yeah, here Jesus in Christ. some I, respects. You can't. I don't like that, Will. I mean, yeah, people block here and there. But if you're going to give criticism or just you know joke around, they actually go above and beyond to block the person. I'm like, oh, my God. But anyway, I'm interested in this Chris Candido figure. The only thing I'm... I love the plain tights. I'm like, eh, the plain boots. The head sculpt looks pretty good because I know sometimes they're a little off. I don't know. I'm not too excited about it, I guess. But at the same time, you know, if you're an ECW figure collector, this is pretty cool to have. Yeah, I'm... Uh, I don't know, dude. Uh, We may get blocked if I say something very bad, but... <laughs> you know what the thing is? Well, FTC's tough. Because, let me see how I can put this. I like the choices they make and the figures that are supposed to come out down the line. But you know the product you're going to be getting. And if you look at their page or if you look at their Twitter and you see the comments, might have been Instagram. These people might be blocked actually now by now. There's a lot, a lot of negative comments. From the joints, tattoos, the head sculpts are number one. The main thing people like about these figures I see is the packaging, which is bad. At the same time, I'm like, I do like the choices, but you know, Will, I mean, it's the same old song and dance. I mean, we unboxed two. I seen two at your place. It's kind of annoying. You kind of, you know what you're getting. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, the quality and the quality never fucking changes. And, you know, I can get blocked. I don't care. The quality of these figures don't change. You know what you're getting. It's the same thing. And it might have the stick-on tattoos. The head scan might look weird in person. The paint's going to look wacky. I, I, I just got Shane Douglas. I got the Young Bucks. Mikey Whipwreck. They're great figures. And I, I think they're awesome. But there's always those fucking imperfections, man. It's like, why are you guys doing these figures if they're coming out almost like half-assed, I don't understand it. And, you know, when you hear the interviews, they're like, oh, man, this is like great product. You know, we're putting a lot of time and this and that. But I'm like, why the fuck is it the same? I, you know so, what I'm saying? Like, I, that's no, the best I way agree. I could put it. Wait, I agree. I, are they in a fantasy world? I don't think it's a fantasy world. I just think, again, you need to be positive about your product. But they are kind of acting like Vince McMahon. The fans don't know anything. The fans response we're not we're kind of, like you said we're gonna filter it right to a certain extent that's what i don't like i don't like the fact that you're getting constructive feedback constructive criticism and again most people that do provide some feedback or criticism or their opinion on social media don't do it in a constructive way but there are a lot of people that are doing it in a constructive way and the same issues keep coming up Right. They keep coming up, as you just mentioned. And really, the first impression is huge. And then if you continue to follow up with that same impression, you're not going to gain a following. You're not going to gain loyal supporters. Now, we love what they're doing. Like you said, their character selection is really great and we're really enthusiastic for it. But the production issues, the manufacturing issues, it's just too important to overlook as a collector. And not only that, then you look at value. 
and the, how much money you're paying. So this one of 100 Kiss Candido before shipping is $40. So now you're up towards a $50 for a basic figure with no tight detail from what I could see. It's just plain black. And Will, it's not, I get the limited release. A lot of people are doing that. I think it's smart to do, you know, limited selection, limited release, get it now. But at the same time, the thought process I have for this is like, I don't want those accessories. People complain about those accessories as well. And it's not goodwill when you do a limited release and I go on the site and it's still there. Exactly. So we're recording this podcast early, but as of Wednesday morning, they have, as of Wednesday morning, 100 figures, the one of 100 Chris Candidos are still available. Now they say that they are dwindling and that you have to get it now. But again, I don't know. I don't know how true that is. I haven't even tried to buy like 100 of them to see what the stock info is like. I was thinking about purchasing. I can't do it. I can't do it for 50 bucks. I don't want a freaking palette. I don't need it for... When did Chris Candido use a palette? I know. And it's like the figures are already... This is 40 now. I'm like, oh God, they went up in price. 40 bucks plus shipping. So now again, you're over 50 bucks with tax. And this is for the one of 100. That's and like the ultimate edition figure. Dude, look at the Super 7 stuff. Ultimates, Super 7 Ultimates don't cost this much money. I know. <laughs> Here's a great solution to this whole FTC problem. Pre-order. That's what Super 7 does. We had TJ Shevlin of Super 7 on the podcast last week discussing their design and sell process for their Ultimates line of figures. And what Super 7 does is they create paint masters of the products they want to make, and then they have a pre-order window for an entire month, sometimes even longer, to sell those figures, right? They're 35 40 bucks. Are you telling me they can't do that with some of these names that they're getting and really create some ultimate figures, like some crazy figures for the same price point? I know. It's... Right, but at the same time, I will. I'm. It's going to go back to those comments. It's going to go back to the people that are like, "Eh, I don't want to order this figure. The quality is the same. I don't like the body style. I don't like this. I don't like that." People just, I'm. They're gonna. They can get, you know, blocked, whatever. But they're gonna say the same stuff where they're just like, "Eh, "I'm gonna overlook it." But maybe a pre-order. I don't know. There's a lot of every time we bring you know these guys up. It's just. You know, we're trying to give constructive criticism, but there's a lot. You're getting that product that's just the same. I don't know, Will. Look, I think past this Candido, I see a lot of optimism coming up. I do see like even Candido, I don't like the head sculpt, but I see past this Candido. And from what we're seeing, the renderings, the actual sculpts, everything is looking to be turning a direction. So I don't want to pass judgment just yet. I want them to get through the pandemic of 2020. And let's see what 2021 has to offer. Again, business-wise, I don't really know what we can do. We can only provide recommendations or solutions to their problem, right? And the solution and recommendation that I have right now that seems to be working for a lot of smaller companies is a pre-order situation. And really put the time and effort into the design process Choose the people you want to choose. Even stick with the RA body style if you want. That's fine by me. But really, really put the time and after into getting top sculptors to do your sculpting. And in addition to that, offer a pre-order up. 
So you're not paying up front for all this stock and holding on to it for God knows how long. Yeah. 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 That, that, that's definitely an option, I guess. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. But for now, that one of 100 is not going to my collection. I know that for certain. Yeah. Same here. Not for that price point. Can't do it. Can't do it. I'm just going to wait. I want him in the yellow tights. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's just the plain black, uh, the black boots. Even his boots had a little color with the white and like the baby blue kind of on the top of the black. Like just something else, you know, I don't know. Give me something, something for a one of 100 other than accessories. I don't want, all I want for Chris Candido is a towel. That's all he needs. Done. Yeah. It's like, I don't need a chair and a fucking wood pallet, but they're like, that, that's what comes with the limited edition, but it's still, it's just not enough for people to pull the trigger on that. I don't know. And you're seeing it because they announced it over last weekend, SummerSlam weekend. And into this previous week, this last week, because we're here on Saturday, Maybe it's already sold out by now. We'll give you an update. But yeah, I, I didn't even share. I want to share it. I want to help out FTC. Again, I don't have really any gripes with them or anything. I don't like what I'm seeing. So I'm not going to falsely advertise something for the sake of falsely advertising it. Yeah, like like I said before, I like the Shane Douglas when I purchased uh, or I got the Douglas and the Dalton Castle, the Mikey Whiprack. I like, and even the Young Bucks. I, I like the four of those. I think they look cool. I was excited to get those, but I don't know. Some of them, the Candido, I'm just, eh, you know. I'm not saying all their stuff is, because those figures, the Dalton Castle, I really like. The Shane Douglas, I really enjoy. The Mikey Whipwreck, especially the shirt on that, the attire looks great, you know? So, eh, it's hit or miss sometimes with that. Yeah, I'm going to get my Mikey Whipwreck this weekend. I've been waiting on that figure for a long time. I think this is the weekend to do it. Pull the trigger. I absolutely love that figure. Again, we're not saying we don't like FTC. We're not saying we don't support FTC as a company, but we are saying that I think this one of 100 Chris Candido is a flop. That's just my opinion. Yeah, same here. I think they were better off just waiting to add it in a series with other figures at the same time. I think they might have been better off. Just not even do it. Yeah, because it just, it just makes it look bad. I think so. Again, I don't know what happened if this was product sample or it just doesn't seem like this is executed properly. Like the whole decision making behind this Chris Candido does not seem like it was executed well. I don't know if it was just them coming up with a bunch of figures that they didn't like on the first round and saying, oh, well, what are we going to do with these? We'll turn them into exclusives or if this was a legitimate execution, because it kind of came out of nowhere as well, which was very odd. You know what I'm saying? Was this really planned? That was my question. Was this really planned? And it doesn't seem like it to me, but that's just my opinion. All right, moving on again. I just wanted to say very quickly, please check out last week's episode, episode 11 on the gorilla position. We had TJ Shevlin of Super 7. He made a huge announcement and we're really excited to also mention that announcement this week that we will be getting a new Andre the Giant Ultimates figure by Super 7. So the first figure, the first Andre figure was extremely successful. And now they will be producing another Andre the Giant Ultimates figure. There will be more details from Super 7 regarding that Ultimates figure coming soon. Very soon they will be making a formal announcement. But we're very happy to have TJ on. He was very excited to do the pod. He was very happy how it turned out. We're very happy how it turned out. And that was a big announcement by them. So thank you so much. Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing what attire they chose for the Andre Ultimate. I'm curious to see because 
the first uh, Ultimate that they are releasing of Andre looks awesome. So I want to see what they have up their sleeve for this release. Curious to see that. Yeah, I'm thinking it's going to be NJPW related a little bit. I have that feeling. Now, if they do black tights, I mean, I'm just going to forget about it. I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like, as we've been discussing at Nauseam, we want a really proper black tights Andre. We'll see what happens, Joe. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what it's going to look like. Looking forward to that, definitely. Awesome. And the last thing before we get into the GBM report is our shirts. Well, Joe, it's another week. Another shirt week went by, and I don't think anybody's bought a shirt from us. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Now, guys, gals, I don't know what we need to do. I mean, do I have to give a figure away? To have someone buy a shirt? I don't know. But we have some really cool shirts and we have a store on ProWrestlingTees.com. So you got to go check it out because it's really cool. We have three designs up there right now. Really cool shirts. We even had TJ at Super 7 last week plug the Mint On Card shirt, which is in an NWO style. So he thought it was really fun. Please, if you can, please help support the podcast. Buy a shirt. Again, they're very affordable, $19.99. You can get all the options you want. You want to get the soft kind, get the soft kind. I actually actually like the soft kind, to be honest with you. It's a little more pricey, but you can upgrade. Please buy a shirt on ProWrestlingTees.com, and that always helps us out in the long run. And we just want to put money back into the pod. We want to do more giveaways. We want to get better equipment, especially when we start doing our YouTube live stream. Everything that we get from those t-shirt sales are going to go towards that. And it'll happen a lot sooner if you all help us out and buy a shirt. That's www.prowrestlingtees.com slash SQD circle AFP. All right, Joe, the good brother Mike is back this week. GBM. He'll be doing his GBM report and we'll get into it right now. What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Good Brother Mike, a.k.a. The Fig Hunter. And just like the big dog, I am back with another edition of the GBM Report right here on the Squared Circle Action Figure Podcast. Now, the big question this week, did you miss me? Well, while I was away, Will the Thrill and Joe Static killed it as always with a lot of great info and some great interviews. And while I was away, you know I did a lot of fig hunting. I was able to finally score the AEW Unrivaled Series 1, except for the Brandy, which no one can find. All men on card in great condition. I also was able to find a couple Chase Greg the Hammer Valentine Legends figures, along with five, yes, I said five, cases of Elite 78 at Target. Matt Riddle, Naomi, Chase Naomi, Kofi Kingston, Drake Maverick, Randy Orton, R-Truth, and superstar Billy Graham, which is the exclusive. So after finding the five cases of Elite 78, I was able to add everything I needed to my collection and help out a bunch of locals and other friends. All right, now I usually hit you guys with a bunch of Popfinder or Brixie codes, but this week we're going to change it up a little bit, and I got a fig hunting story to share with you, which will then transition into the GBM tip of the week. But I will give you those codes a little later. So my fig hunting story sounds out like this. I got my rest. I got up early. I checked the codes. I saw a jump at Target, so I headed over there. Walked into the store, nothing on the pegs. So I politely asked an employee to check in the back because I knew that they had a couple cases come in. They came back with two cases, one Elite 77, one Elite 78. The case of 77 was kind of beat up, so I just put all those figures on the pegs as I always do. Elite 78, I picked through, picked out the figures I wanted. I grabbed a riddle for a buddy's kid for his birthday, grabbed the grams for other folks, grabbed the truth and the Naomi. And as I'm doing this, another guy comes into the aisle. He's kind of scoping me out, seeing what's going on. I grabbed the figures I wanted, threw them back in the shipping box, gave the guy a nod, 
and I love that. So now once I get home, I have a direct message in a group chat of locals on Twitter. And this guy sends me a message saying, did you have to take more of Elite 78? In which I replied, do you have someone watching me? He replied with his buddy was in the aisle and see me taking them and walk out. Now I didn't know it was his buddy. This person has been helped in the past. Now you'd think since I was kind enough to help him out, he wouldn't make smart ass comments and burn a bridge with somebody who is able to find figures. All you have to do is ask. Don't make smart comments. Don't burn that bridge. Now, going back a couple weeks, I have another little story for you. Number jump at Target. I got there early. Another buddy was there, and there was a guy with this kid there. They brought the case of Elite 78 out. So the four of us were able to split up this case in a peaceful manner, which brings me to the GBM tip of the week. Be nice. Ask questions strike up a conversation. If someone has a bunch of figures, you might need a couple, they might not need them, just ask. Talk to them, because at the end of the day, we're all collectors, there's figures we all want, and if we work together, it'll make collecting that much more fun and enjoyable, and that's how it should be. So now, if you still need the WWE Legends figures, Elite 78, or the AEW figures, I will hit you with some codes. So you want to grab that pen and paper. While you're doing that, I'm gonna send a quick shout out to my buddy Nick for the heads up on the AEW figures. I was able to shoot over there after work, pick up a pristine set cody rhodes jericho kenny omega and the young bucks appreciate you nick so now that you got your pen and paper I'll give you the code once again for the aew unrivaled figures for brixie 7373-69577 and a lot of stores have been showing out of stock but they do have them so you might want to go and double check now the pop binder codes for the wwe legends 087-16-8079 and if you want those Elite 78, 087-06-4395. And as always, make sure you get your rest, get up early, check those codes, and remember, the early hunter gets the fix. All right, Joe. Wow. I'll tell you, GBM is finding loads of Elite 78. I can't even find them around where I'm at. I don't know about you. Yeah, I haven't seen Elite 78 yet. One of the targets by me says, you know, on the pop finder that it's there, but I don't know. I haven't seen it. And I talked to one of the stock guys the other day. and He's, he's really cool. He's really nice. He said they haven't received since Elite 77 two weeks ago. They haven't received any new WWE figures. So I was like, yeah, that kind of makes sense. The pegs there have kind of empty for about two weeks now. So maybe it's in the back. Maybe he didn't see it. He went to check for me, but he came back empty handed. It's so tough with that. If it's not back there, uh, Target is notorious, dude. People just hide shit all the time. Here's a tip for you. I don't know if you know this, but if you go into Target. Is, is it the look, bottom piece? Yeah, the bottom piece actually lifts up. Yeah, I look under there. It's funny sometimes the shit you find under there. <laughs> People hide, sh they will hide whole series under there, bro, because they don't have the money. And then they'll pick at it or they'll wait for it to go on clearance to buy it. And that means your store doesn't get any new stock. Yeah, I've seen stuff under there and I've seen people hide it behind. It's like an acrylic. They have like the Lego displays in the aisles, you know, like the toy aisles. Yeah, yeah, totally. I know. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yep. They're behind there, too. Oh, man. I have not checked behind there yeah, yet. I got to check that out. People stuff them behind there. They stuff them in the underneath. A couple of other places they'll put them. You know, they'll put them in the most random spots by the tissues, stuff like that. Well, GBM can help you, but he can't help you from these fucking 
fucktoid assholes. Yeah, you hear me out there if you're listening to this podcast that are hiding figures because you don't have the money to buy them. Well, guess what? If you don't have the money, don't fucking buy them, you dumbasses, because <laughs> you're fucking it up. For everybody else on this goddamn podcast that listens to the podcast, etc., you're screwing the inventory for the stores. Stop hiding figures, you pieces of shit. <laughs> I couldn't have said any better. And there are a lot of pieces of shit, so, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. Well, if you're fucking listening, pieces of shit, I swear to God, if I find your fucking figures, I'm going to buy all of them or put them out. And if you hide them again, I will find them because I know all your goddamn spots now and you're never going to fucking buy a goddamn figure again. And guess what? Get a job if you can't pay your, for your figures. How about that? Maybe that's what you should do instead of going figure hunting. I know. Last time, Will, I've, when I found the figures underneath there, I put them all back out. Yeah, of course you should. By the NECA toys, they do it over there too. So I put them all back on the shelf. Put them on the shelves, man. And that's what I want our listeners to do. Don't be like these scumbags of the earth because that's what they are. Look. If you can't afford toys, do not collect them. Get a job, start saving your money. And if you have a job and you don't make enough disposable income to buy or collect action figures, then don't do it. Go and go for a run. It's free. <laughs> it benefits your health and you'll lose weight because of it. Go for a run, buddy. All right, let's get into it, Joe. That was a great GBM report. And you know what? I'm being an asshole out of it just because GBM had a story about being an asshole. And I like to be an asshole sometimes. So anyway, let's get into this week's edition of the Gorilla Position. All right, computer, electricity in the air. Will you stop? All right, Joe, on this week's edition of the Gorilla Position... We are going to be taking a look at the Mattel WWE Elite Series 80. This is a jam-packed lineup, including Ricochet, the Viking Raiders, Bailey, Kyle O'Reilly, Kevin Owens, and Rocky Johnson. Wow, this is a jam-packed lineup. I have my feelings about these figures. Certain ones I like, certain ones I don't. So... Let's start negative. What are your least favorite figures from your series, if you do have them, and why? My least favorite figures from Elite 80, I like the set as a whole, but if I had a pick, you know, from the bottom up, I would definitely put Ricochet on my least figure to purchase out of the set. I think the tattoo work on this figure looks good. The deco, I think it's a it's updated. It's a lot better. But, eh, and then next one up, I'd say Ricochet and Bailey are probably the ones on the bottom of the list for me here. Top of my list would definitely be the Kyle O'Reilly. I think the Kyle O'Reilly looks great. As far as the attire that I would get, I think I would rather go with the Chase variant, the black gear, Kyle O'Reilly. I mean, I would probably get both just because, you know, I when they have chases of certain guys, it's usually a guy I want to get both figures of. So if I had to pick, the figure I'm looking forward the most here is the Kyle O'Reilly and the Chase variant on that. I think the Viking Raiders look awesome. Probably picking those up. And I like the updated Kevin Owens. I like the Stun Owens Stun. I think that's cool shirt to own. I haven't bought a Kevin Owens figure in a long time. So this one would probably be a cool one to throw in the collection. And honestly, Will, the Rocky Johnson is in a neutral zone for me. I wouldn't say he's below the Bailey and Ricochet. He's kind of on the side. If I find him or he's around, 
I'll probably throw him in the collection, but I don't even consider him part of the set. Yeah, I'm going to start there with the Rocky Johnson, actually. It's funny with these collector's edition figures. They don't feel like part of the set at times. It's always these obscure flashbacks now or legend style figures. Don't get me wrong. I think it's fantastic. Mattel is honoring the great Rocky Johnson in an elite figure form, but Again, like you said, neutral zone. I didn't grow up in this era. It's very plain figure. I do feel that Bill said that they updated something on this figure in one of his last interviews, but I don't remember what that was. It was the, uh, I think it was the tattoos on the chest. Yes, that's it. The tattoos on the chest. Correct. It will come with the tattoos on the chest, unlike the prototype images. I think it's a great figure. It comes with the robe. It's just, again, it's an obscure pre-Golden Era figure. We didn't grow up watching wrestling around this time. I'd have to agree with you. I think if I see it like on the pegs, yeah, I'll pick it up. Maybe discount it, you know, if it gets down to $19.99 or something. Yeah, exactly. If you see it on the pegs, I'll probably pick it up. But otherwise, like you said, well, it's out of our... It's, yeah, it's a little further back era-wise. Even the figure, it's like, eh, you know, it looks... It definitely looks like Rocky Johnson, but I think the rope looks better than the figure. I agree. I think they put a lot of attention to detail in that robe. I think that robe in the end is going to come out beautiful. And that's the big selling point for that figure for me. Next for me, I'm going to start with my negatives. Wow. I don't know. There's not a lot in this lineup that I would say is very negative. It's a very tough decision, but I'd have to agree with you that the Ricochet, I'm probably not going to pick up. This is from an attire and an era in which, again, I'm not a fan of Ricochet. I believe this is from his call-up, this attire. I don't want to be wrong, but I think this is from his raw call-up, so not a big fan of it. And then I'd have to say the belly would be next, although I personally do love the belly. I liked the heel change for her. I like the updated head scan. Looks great. The short hair. I like that she comes with the de-inflated, inflatable thingamajigger comes with that kind of axe thing but i don't know i gotta look at it in person and then the top two for me would be the viking raiders i think they're incredible figures the kyle o'reilly already have in that undisputed era pack the only reason i'm going to get him now is for that nxt tag team title so i prefer the camo version because it's from the war games and i think what they're going to do is they're going to do the war games attires for everyone I believe Bobby Fish comes in his War Games attire in Elite Series 81, if my memory, or eight was uh, 79? 79, yeah, he comes in Sorry. Bolt too. So 79, so I like that War Games attire, and it's something different than his regular Undisputed Era look. I think I'll go with that one. I do like the Stun Owens Stun as well. I need a Kevin Owens figure for my collection. I think I have one, but that was from his first release way back when. And I like the updated head scan. Yeah, same here. I think it might have been Elite 66 was the last Kevin Owens I purchased. Was that him with the uh, NXT title? No, maybe not that one. That was the one with the AJ Styles, the 66. I don't think that came with the NXT title. It was a couple before that. He's had a bunch. And then he had the one with the WrestleMania 3 or WrestleMania 2 Owens shirt, the variant one. He's had a couple down the line, but I like the Stun Owens Stun shirt. I think it's it's pretty cool. I, I like that he does that now. I do too. I like the paying homage to Stone Cold Steve Austin. And you're right. Yes, the Kevin Owens I'm talking about was from Elite 43 I have with the NXT title, the old NXT championship title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was a ways back. That's ways back. Yeah. So I'm due for a new 
Kevin Owens figure. So I'll probably pick that one up. I don't have anything bad to say about this set as a whole. I think it's one of the better ones. Yeah, Joe, this is an NXT focused series minus Rocky Johnson. These are all prior or current NXT wrestlers, which is really cool. So I like the fact that Mattel was like, you know what? We're just going to give you all NXT people. Yeah, especially I like when they do NXT figures. I was a big fan of the NXT TakeOver series. I love the boxes on those and the selection that they chose. You know, I was sad to see those figures go away. So to have a full set of previous and, you know, current superstars from NXT, I think it's awesome. I think the set as a whole is great. It's a great set. Solid set. Am I going to purchase the whole set? Probably not. Like I mentioned before, the O'Reilly's probably top of the list for me and the Viking Raiders would be next down. So I'll probably get a couple out of the set. But overall, the set, it's a it's a great set. Yeah, and I think our overall position is this is not a pre-order situation for us. As you heard, the Rocky Johnson is in a neutral area for both of us. I think the majority of these figures are fantastic. I like that it's NXT focused. I'm just not going to put the money down for a pre-order. I think I'm going to wait on these a little bit. I want to see where their value goes in a month or two. And not only that, I want to see them at retail. So our recommendation, unless you want to throw something in here, Joe, is, you know, wait, wait on these a little bit, see how they go. The ringside collectibles release date, the pre-order date for these are mid-October. I believe most of them are on pre-order still, not back order. So when I look at this, that tells me if they're available to purchase right now, they're going to be ample amount of stock when they come in mid-October. I'd wait. I'd wait, guys. What do you think, Joe? I'd wait. Wait on these. These could be discounted. Holiday discount. Yeah, I'd probably wait on this set. I think retail, you'll probably be able to find this set. I think retail and on ringside. And I think you're going to get better prices if you wait. So yeah, that's our position. Our position on Mattel WWE Elite 80 is a great set overall. We love the choices. We love the figures. We explained what we thought our top figures of the set were. And we explained to you all that we think this is a wait and see scenario. And tune in again for next week's edition of the Gorilla Position. Welcome to the Oh My God Figure of the Week. Joe, this week, we're getting nasty. Nasty, baby. This week, Nasty Boys. Hasbro. Hasbro Nasty Boys. Nasty size, baby. We love the Hasbro Nasty Boys. We love Hasbro, and we are going to be transitioning in a few weeks to the Oh My God Figure of the Week 2020 edition to round out the year. So we're going to focus on some really awesome modern 2020 releases. But this week and in the next couple of weeks, we're going to take it back. We're going to take it back to the Hasbro era, 
the various eras of wrestling figure collecting, and these nasty boy figures had to make it into the Oh My God Figure of the Week 2020 edition. Yeah, well, this is probably one of my favorite tag team sets that Hasbro released. It was released back in 1991 by Hasbro. Hasbro did a couple tag team sets, including the iconic teams such as the Rockers. They did Legion of Doom, Demolition, and the Bushwhackers. So their choices and who they were able to make at the time was great. I think all five sets are fantastic. But this set in particular is, I'd say, number one out of them all. Well, this Nasty Boy set that they made, it's to the T, man. It's like spot on. You know, like it's fucking perfect, I think. I agree. I think it's wonderful. If you look at where the Nasty Boys were in their career in 1991, they were tag team champions. They were punks who were nasty, got nasty. They beat people up. They were big, huge dudes, right? They were imposing. People don't realize that about the Nasty Boys. They are big, stiff dudes in the ring. They had those huge trench coats before they got to the ring mullet style mohawk haircuts just imposing dudes tough dudes and they just hit you hard and that's what was the appeal for me as a nasty boys fan in the 1990s so to get two wrestling figures of them i thought it was pretty incredible and like you said i think you also had a situation where you had a lot of great tag teams in this era but i'm actually playing with them a little bit here lucy you know, I'm, they're a little loose here, but the card even with them on the whole package, it was a beautiful presentation by Hasbro. It was. And I feel like if you collect Hasbro figures, you need this set on card and you need this set loose to really appreciate them. Oh my God. Don't you know? stop it, Joe. I'm going to, you're going to kill me here. My wallet's already <laughs> got a hole in it. Now you, now it's going to just, the money's going to be falling out of it now. Jeez. There's so many great Hasbros, but these guys, like when you hold them and you look at them, it's just perfect. Like they feel perfect. You know what I mean? Like the action poses that they chose for these guys is like spot on. And the the way they look, they just really freaking nailed it. They didn't look too cartoony. It just looked like they were shrunk down into Hasbro form, like perfectly almost, you know? Yeah, I agree. And like you said, everything from the graffiti, even the graffiti on the sunglasses, it was it was great. What I liked about these tag team sets, if you do have it on card, I love that they put the logo on the package. Yeah. So you had that Nasty Boys logo right on the package, pretty much between the two. Really great photograph, promo photo of both of them. Again, they just look great on card. They're positioned correctly. They're in front of their photos. So you have Brian Ubbs on the left, Jerry Sags on the right. And like you said, their expressions are awesome as well. I love Brian Knobs' expression. Yeah. And it's funny on the car too. You know, I, I love the tag team cards. And yeah, you got the Nasty Boys logo. And then you have these action moves. Like <laughs> kind of kind of silly. What was it? The Punk Pounder and the Nasticizer. I love the Nasticizer. <laughs> I don't even know what the hell that is. It worked. It worked on the card. You know, it definitely made the card stand out a little more. It does. I absolutely love it. I think it's fun also that we were talking about them in the ring and how they were punks. They do get nasty and they included that in their action move, the name of their action move, which was so fun and it fit them so well. Just love it. I got these figures in hand right now. I'm holding the Brian knobs right now. My God. I mean, Joe, this figure is so detailed. Even down it to is. the boots, 
He's got those kind of cowboy style boots on that are all molded into the legs. I think this was actually a new mold for them. The whole body, everything they did with these figures, I believe was a first time mold for the most part. They used these actions before, but I don't remember this shirt being on another figure. It has kind of like a ruffled top. Yeah, the top's a little ruffled and even the arms. You know, I feel like the fists are a little different. Like you mentioned, the boots are really detailed. The boots are great. Boots look so cool, man. Absolutely love it. I got the Jerry Sags now I'm holding, and he is just awesome. The hair is just so cool on both of them, man. I'm telling you, like like you said, the mohawk with the mullet detail, and they're not the same. Jerry is different than Brian. Brian has a little thicker blonde hair in the back. Jerry has a little less you know, thicker mullet on his on the back. It's just really cool. They're missing teeth on their figures, you know, at least on Jerry Sags. He's missing a few of his teeth on the figure as well. So again, like you said, super detailed and not very cartoonish like some of the other Hasbros were at the time. Yeah, not cartoonish. That's what I loved about them. They look great. You know, the attire, the colorful graffiti shirts. I like that the sunglasses had the graffiti on it as well. It's definitely one of the best tag team sets that Hasbro released. And I remember being a kid and getting these guys. My mom brought the set home. My Nintendo back in the day was set up on my porch, which was a lot of fun because, you know, the porch is all all windows outside. And we had the couch out there when I was a kid. And I would play a lot of the Nintendo video games out there. And I remember my mom coming home with these. It was two-pack Sunday. I remember it was a Sunday, too. I forgot what game I was playing. It might have been like a boy in his blob or something like that. And I remember her giving me these. And I'm like, wow. You know, like back then, I didn't even know these were released yet. And to have, you know, a distinct memory of that, it's just, it brings back the nostalgia, man, like big time. It does. That's a great story, Joe. I did not have these when I was a kid. And I was actually going to mention that to you because... I distinctly remember not seeing these as much as some of the other tag teams. And again, like you said, it was like, wow, I didn't even know these existed. And I don't know why that was. I don't know if it was just the timing, but I don't know. I distinctly remember them not being that available or maybe it was just didn't have the appeal at the time when I did see them. But yeah, I it's so weird because I had every other tag team but them. Yeah. And I jumped at the chance to snatch them up. I never had them. I snatched them up about two years ago, found a nice loose set. And just getting them in hand for the first time, as we were describing, it just blew my mind. Yeah, same here. I mean, even being a kid, I noticed the difference. I was like, wow, these are... I couldn't wait to open them up and pair them up with the other figures I had at the Hasbro's at the time. So I was excited just to take them out of the package and play with them. I mean, they were great. I mean, they they hold the test of time, those two. I think personally, and I don't know if you agree with me, but these two, I like to say two as one, but probably top five Hasbros on my list. Maybe on the top five, definitely in the top 10, man. Oh yeah, top 10, easy. They definitely stand out from a lot of the other Hasbros for sure. They do. We love these figures. I don't know. I have not looked at any prices. Again, I'm not a price guy. Oh, I did want to mention one thing to our listeners. We absolutely love, especially for Hasbro. I'm not in the market for Hasbro's. I haven't been looking at prices, and this is why I wanted to bring this up. But there's a really cool dude that has a website called, I believe it's called Joe Wrestling Toy Tracker. Is that correct? Yeah, Wrestling Toy Tracker, where he gives like the 
ballpark of what they're going for based on eBay prices. Yeah. So I guess the way his algorithm works is that it compiles the most recent eBay sold transactions and it provides you with an average price of what you're looking for, whether it be loose or mint on card. So it is called Wrestling Toy Tracker, www.wrestlingtoytracker, all one word, dot com. Definitely give him a follow. He's also on Twitter, at toy underscore tracker on Twitter as well. I think he's most active there. That's my go-to site if I'm looking at average prices for wrestling figures, especially Hasbro's. But Joe, have you seen what these go for nowadays, Men on Card and Loose, or are you out of the loop as well? Men on Card, they're probably, the listings that i seen looked like 250 to 280 on card. Oh, yeah, the, the, one of the ones up right now is about 280 I think my wallet has just disintegrated <laughs> after hearing that price. Just somebody selling the card alone for 100 bucks for some reason. Like, that makes any sense. I would love to film a documentary and go on the road and meet every one of these people. Film a documentary about the people that list shit on eBay forever, like for 300 days it never sells, and why they pay so much listing fees for that. I don't understand. Because they're fucking retarded. That's why. <laughs> And they list things at exorbitant amount of prices. Most of them can't move out of that chair, probably. That's why. Oh, geez. Not money. All right. Tone it down. Tone it down. We're not going back. We're going to edit all that out of the podcast show. (laughs) Loose will, they're probably like 50 bucks. Oh, that's not bad at all. So you can get a pretty decent set for 50 bucks loose. I got to get one min on card. Hashtag MOC. Hashtag MOC for life, baby. You know, we've been doing this in random segments. Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready, baby. Uh-uh. Are you, are you getting amped up there over there? Go. I'm getting nasty, baby. Here we go. Dude, how cool was that music when they would come down to the ring? Oh, my God. I love it. It's just that scratching of the record player. Easy. Absolutely love it. And Joe, these are all the reasons why this Hasbro WWF Nasty Boys tag team set are, oh, my God, figures of the week. And you'll never forget the name Popey Wrestling Figures. Joe, the disputed first wrestling figures ever created, first line of wrestling figures. Well, at least the first line of North American, quote unquote, wrestling figures ever created in 1981. These figures. I wasn't familiar with until about, I would say about a year ago. I never heard of them before, but they are super fun. They're two POA style wrestling figures. Popey is actually a Japanese company that decided to make a very, very small line of wrestling figures back in 1981. And what was very surprising about it, as we previously said, they all focused on primarily North American wrestlers, wrestling stars. So throughout the years, because of their 
notoriety and because of their uniqueness and because we think that, to our knowledge, this is pretty much the first set of wrestling figures ever created, have become very sought after and high in value. And they're just beautiful. They're almost akin to to works of art, Joe. I would love to own these figures, but like you just mentioned, the price point of these guys on card, oh my God, forget about it. Or loose, I think it's the fact that they're very rare and you don't ever see them. And another thing you mentioned, Will, I'm on the same boat, which is why we're discussing these in this segment this week. I've been collecting wrestling figures forever and I never seen these up until a couple years ago. And it's kind of crazy too, because the lineup's all heavy hitters. It's a great first set of wrestling figures if they are truly the first North American wrestling figures released, or even Japanese, you know, back then wrestling figures to hit the market. They've definitely increased in value. Some are a little higher than others, depending, and especially the ones you never see, kind of like Dory Funk Jr. You know, just going over the names they chose, Will, it's pretty spectacular. I mean, start from the top here, you have Hulk Hogan, Dory Funk, Terry Funk, Andre the Giant, Abdul the Butcher, Mill Mascaris, Stan Hansen, Bob Backlund, Harley Race, Antonio Inoki. Now, Will, doesn't that kind of sound couple of those Mount Rushmore, couple of those best wrestlers ever? Yeah. I mean, you're talking about if I had a top 20 wrestlers of all time, exactly. all these guys Maybe not honest. Mount Rushmore. Maybe if there was a couple Mount Rushmore categories, I'm thinking. Yeah, we would have to have like five Mount Rushmores. You know, four times five equals 20. I mean, just <laughs> look at that lineup. I mean, you throw a Noki in there, WWE Hall of Famer. I mean, you got Abdullah in there, the Harley Race. I love that Terry Funk figure. Mel Mascaris is in there. I mean, come on. You got the Japanese style. What's it like? The New Japan Hogan in the black? Oh, my God. Yeah, Joe. I keep looking at these on card. I'm looking at out of the 10, eight of them right here on card. I mean, these things are amazing. This is just the the best of the best when they made this selection. Who made this selection? That's what I want to know. <laughs> who made this selection and knew that all these guys were going to be heavy hitters, big players? The foresight of this was amazing. I think that's one of the reasons why these are so heavily sought after is because there are such big names in professional wrestling. They're great figures and the cards. I love the card. Yeah, the cards are great. Oh my gosh, dude. They're pink. I love the pink outline on the card. I love the photos they're using of the wrestlers on the card. I love the fact that they also come with a card, like a trading card of some sort which is super fun and unique that nobody does anymore other than like Todd McFarlane, which I absolutely love Todd McFarlane. Yeah, there's just so many good things to say about these figures, Joe. There is. And you know what's funny, Will? These figures are so hard to find and it goes both ways, I think. If you want them on card, some of the that's finding them loose, I feel like is a little more obtainable. Finding them on card, besides Andre, maybe Abdullah, Inoki, I've never seen the other ones, even though it's kind of the, it's the same card, just you know, with the different wrestler on it. If you're trying to collect these MOC, I think it's impossible, honestly. Some of these I've never ever seen on a card. Yep, I think you're right. I think it's going to be very, very difficult 
to get them. Hashtag Minon card. Hashtag MOC. Impossible. Almost impossible. I do know that they come up on eBay. Some of the bigger heavy hitters. I have seen most of these loose. I do know that Brian Myers of the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast, I believe, were selling some of these loose. And he was listing them between, I think, like 200, 300 bucks a figure. Yeah, that sounds about right. And you know who's the master in this and who has every single one of these? Junk Shop Dog. And we had JSD on in a previous episode where we focused on talking about Pro figures because that's what he specializes in, but he does specialize in finding some of these more obscure figures as well that were produced in Japan, like these Popey figures. He even told me prior to that, and I believe even during the interview, that these are some of the most difficult figures to find. I think he would be probably your best bet if you did want to add these to your collection. He would be my first go-to to try to track some of these down if I couldn't find them on eBay. But I think that's what you're going to have to do. I think you're going to have to do some digging. You may have to go into some of these Facebook groups. That's probably your best bet. Go on the Facebook groups, check out Junk Shop Dog, look at Sean NG. You know, Sean, he's going to be on next week. He is very, very knowledgeable about Japanese wrestling figures as well. And he knows some of these players overseas. You're not going to find these available in the States unless collectors are selling them. Let's just put it to you that way. It's going to be very difficult to just happen upon these on eBay or happen upon them at a show. I've never seen these at a show ever in my life. No, no way. I'd say, well, to be honest, the hardest one probably to find is that Harley race. I've never seen it. The only way I've seen it is on Google images, you know, where him in the red and blue. Harley race, Bob Backlund, Dory Funk, and Stan Hansen, I'd say those four are the hardest ones to obtain with Harley race being number one. Maybe Bob Backlund being number one. It's a toss up between those two, but I've never seen that Harley race ever on eBay. Yeah, and we have our saved searches. They never come up. Even Brian Myers, you know, when you watched his YouTube video and he was showing his room, it's a pretty cool video. And he was missing a couple and they're freaking hard to obtain loose. Yeah, it's funny. I think there's also a situation you get into where if you're a completist, you may be a little disgruntled and you may not even want the collection if you don't have all them. I would say personally, just find the ones that particularly speak to you. I tell that to everyone. Everyone's different in what they like and what they collect, etc. In a line that's going to be this difficult to find and not only difficult to find, be very expensive. Maybe it's a little bit more about focus. If you're a really big Hulk Hogan fan, try to focus on obtaining the Hulk Hogan Popey. If you really like Bob Backlund, try to get a Bob Backlund Popey. Go to those outlets. Ask JSD Junk Shop Dog on Instagram. Reach out to Sean NG, KWK Sean on Instagram, KWK Collector, I believe, as well on Facebook. These are the people that are going to help you find these things and be focused on it because they will burn a hole in your wallet for a complete collection. And be just be happy. Be happy with what you can find, mint on card or loose. Yeah, for sure. I would love to add these to the collection one day, you know, maybe somewhere down the road if I can get a deal. Because honestly, Will, I like the style of these figures. I don't know how to like put it into words, but maybe it's the nostalgia mixed in there, the year, 
them being like the first kind of wrestling figure. I mean, I love the style of these. And for 1981, I mean, they're pretty detailed. You know, they're definitely a great set to own, I guess. You know, it's just, I don't know. I don't know how to, how to put it. You know, they're just really cool. I like the size. I like the style. Same here. I love the movable arms. I love the two points of articulation. They don't need to be heavily articulated. They're wrestling figures. We very rarely put them on to poses on display. They're usually standing up in a ring or in a display case or something like that with their respective attire. So you can really do a nice display with these. There are not a lot in the set. Like we said, even if you get three, four, maybe even five out of the 10, you can just create a nice little display with them that's really, really refined, looks good. Put it in some you know, acrylic. I think it would look great. I love the height on them. Like you said, even though they are older, they are extremely detailed. Even Abdullah, he has his scars on the top of his forehead, which top of his head, which is really cool. So I'd get into these, but I'd have to let some things go in my collection before I got into them. Oh yeah, for sure. Maybe sell a couple things to get a couple of these. Yeah, I think like selling some of the Mattel elites and stuff that aren't really, you know, there's so many of them now. I was thinking about doing that, but that's a topic for another day. But yes. Add them to your collection. We absolutely love these Popey figures. It's really a pivotal point in wrestling figure history. Two POA style figures. They come with the collector's card. They are pretty lifelike, which is fun in a simplistic way. In addition to that, Joe, before we go, I did want to add one thing. We talked about Junk Shop Dog. We talked about the JSD at Junk Shop Dog on Instagram. If you can't find these figures or you can't afford them, he will have a Bruiser Brody available in this style before the end of the year, he believes. So he's trying to bring this style of figure back to life, which is, I think, fantastic. It's a perfect time. It's going to be an affordable option for everybody. We know he's got the Bruiser Brody coming. We don't know what's happening after that. Let's cross our fingers. If we support Junk Shop Dog, that we can get more in this style And if we can get more in this style, that could be another affordable option for people. Yeah, for sure. And right off the bat, going with Bruiser Brody, it definitely brings uh, eyes and attention to potentially bring this line back. I agree because people want Bruiser Brody figures and he did it the right way. Him and his better half, they are doing an incredible job, not only sourcing some of the most rarest Japanese figures in the marketplace, but also getting the rights to Bruiser Brody's likeness from his family. I think it's just an incredible job by the junk shop dog. Oh, for sure. I still want Bruiser Brody in that WrestleMania 2 main event with Hogan. Oh, jeez. Instead of, instead of Bondi. I know. I always think about that now. How crazy oh. that how crazy that would have been. In a cage? That would have been in, that would have been insane. Oh my god. I always think about that. Oh. Bundy did a good job though. I do like Bundy in that position. I thought Given his stature at the time, yeah, it was a good match, regardless. But Bruiser Brody would have been over the top. Over the top if you had him in that match. And honestly, not to go too off topic real quick, I loved uh, Bundy back then. WrestleMania 2, 3, you know, the LJN, just to throw Bundy in there real quick. I, I loved King Kong Bundy back then. What's very unique about Bundy He doesn't have a pulpy figure, but the FTC Legends of Professional Wrestling, the earlier ones that had that two POA style, very similar to these as well. I think those are a little bigger, though. 
but yeah, tiny bit. Very similar. You know what I'm saying? So like you could, if you wanted to go in that direction, you could do some of the figures toy company ones like that, that as well. Yeah. I have Abdullah and I have King Kong Bundy. The King Kong Bundy, <laughs> FTC is going to burn me alive. The King Kong Bundy looks like the uncle from uh, Adam's family. Oh God, that face. All right. We're not going to get into the face sculpt and scans or whatever the heck they're doing there. <laughs> Let's get back to Popey. We love them for all the reasons that we just said. We absolutely love that there is fan enthusiasm for the Popey wrestling figures. We're excited to see and hear that Junk Shop Dog is going to be making this style figure again with a Bruiser Brody edition. And that's why you will never forget the name. This. You talk about a house of fire, you're seeing it right here. And welcome to this week's edition of Busted. <laughs> Joe, this week hurt. <laughs> Yes, listeners, you heard The Fiend has arrived. The Fiend Bray Wyatt from Mattel WWE Elite Series 77. And we're busting a moped. But first, for our listeners, we want to say one thing. We're sorry. We butchered the poppy name. On the last segment, you'll never forget the name. Yes, the name is pronounced Poppy, not Popey. So I think we introduced it as Poppy, but then we started to say Popey. (laughs) But it is Poppy. It's a very, very common mistake. But yes, the Japanese term is Poppy, like the poppy seed. Yeah, Poppy. So, Poppy. (laughs) Let's get back to Busted Open Bear, because I'm excited. We're in SummerSlam season. We're just getting out of it. We're ending the month of August with this episode. And I got in front of me right here this beautiful debut figure of The Fiend Bray Wyatt. This is from SummerSlam 2019. He faced Finn Balor here, and he basically buried his career. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. He he basically faced Balor, and then Balor was gone. That was it. It's good to have him in NXT, but Jesus, God, that could have been such a great feud. The Demon versus The Fiend. Uh, that was so easy to do. I don't understand. I don't understand that. Well, I do understand, Joe. Everything the fans want, the WWE doesn't do. <laughs> That's basically what it is, brother. They're like, should we do the Demon and the Fiend, or should we do John Cena? Oh, come on. There's no question. John Cena. Anyway, we're going to get into busting this figure open. I absolutely love it. It's the debut figure. I know you busted yours open already, Joe. Is that correct? I have the dark hair, like a sicko. I have the lighter hair. And I had another lighter hair, so I busted that one open. Wow, you got them all there. 
I think I only have light hair on these guys and I found another light haired, so I'm just gonna bust it open. I didn't go crazy into getting all the different styles of hair and variants and stuff like that for this figure, you know? Yeah, I like the dark hair one. And yeah, so I had the other lighter hair. This is a perfect time too. Well, I want to mention, you know, 77s are still hitting the stores and SummerSlam just ended. I mean, if you were a kid or you're thinking about getting this figure. I mean, it's timed up pretty good. I think it is too. I, you know, I didn't know what the heck I was going to bust open. We want to be seasonal at the Squared Circle Action Figure Podcast. So what we like to do here is kind of do things in the vein of what's going on in professional wrestling. And right now we're in the heat of it all and I'm getting ready to bust it open. I'm going to even, I'm starting to sweat here a little <laughs> bit. I'm getting scared. I'm getting, I'm not sweating because I'm busting this figure open. I'm sweating because I'm getting scared of the fiend. I don't know. This thing creeps me out, man. Yeah, this guy is creepy as. Yeah, you might have nightmares tonight. Oh, no, I don't need any more. Stop, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm curious to hear about that uh, tattoo work. All right, he's out of the box. Now I'm trying, I'm trying to get this lantern head out first. So that's what I'm going to do first. Get the, I'm not even going to take the other two hands out. He's got interchangeable hands here. He's got the hurt and heel gloves on. So he's got open fists, <sighs> open palms, hurt, heel. heel. And then he's got closed style fists as well. I guess they call them gripping hands. There's too many hands going on with these wrestling figures these days, Joe. Jeez, I it's always hands. This hand, grip hand, punch hand, open hand, palm middle hand, finger. middle finger hand. Ravishing Rick Rude pose hand, the rock bring it hand. I mean, my God, I just, I know everybody's into action figure photography, but how many fucking hands do we need on a goddamn figure? <laughs> you know what I just realized? You're letting him in. I'm letting him in, baby. I am. Wow. I'll tell you, Mattel just is amazing. They do some incredible work with their figures. He is open. He is out of the plastic prison, as they say. and. Where to start with this figure? Again, we went over the interchangeable hands. Would like to talk about this lantern. It looks great. I like that there's actually a separate piece for the light inside the mold, it looks like, which is really unique. Nice feature. Why does the lantern have a hole in it, though? That's pretty weird. Like in the bottom. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not sure, to be, to be honest. It's really weird. I guess maybe if you wanted like, to display it on some sort of propped up piece or something, you could do that. You know, kind of look like it's floating next to him or something. I don't know. But it does have a hole in the bottom of the lantern, which I don't have a problem with it. I'm just wondering why they did it. Yeah, I'm not, yeah, I'm not sure there. So got the face there, which is cool. Face lantern. And then getting to the figure itself. Do you think the head's kind of small? This has always been my main gripe about this figure. I don't think the head is particularly small. I do think there's not enough volume to the hair and it looks uh, so. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. So this is very interesting. The hair and the mask look like they're separate pieces. I'm not going to get into it too much here, but maybe the hair is actually a separate piece from the head. It looks like that. And in certain areas, especially on the top of the head, the hair piece, it's not enough volume. So yeah, it makes his mask look overly big. It's just off. I thought some of the figures, it looked better. Some of the figures, it looked worse. I think mine in particular here, it looks bad because it's just not higher up on his head. It needs to, the hair needs to be a little higher up. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. The hair definitely throws the figure off. I feel like a little bit. It's not enough. Yeah. It's just not enough the way it's placed. 
again, my only complaint with this figure has been consistent. The head sculpt is just off, and I think it's due to that hair. The figure itself is amazing. The torso I love. The tattoo work is awesome. The tattoo work, Joe, goes all the way around to the back of the neck, up into the head. So his neck into the head ball joint, it's got tattoo work all on it. It's amazing. The funniest thing about it, they could have skimped with that too because the hair goes over it. So they could have given you less tattoo work on that piece, but they didn't. And then the tattoo work goes around his back into shoulder blades, all down his arms, all across his upper chest area, which is really awesome. I mean, it's just amazing how detail-oriented the tattoo work is. Just amazing. The mask up close is pretty pretty detailed. The mask up close is very detailed as well. It has those kind of textures in it where it does look like a mask in the eyes. So you kind of see that it's almost, maybe it is a separate piece. Man, I don't know. It's just so textured. It's like cut out around the eyes. It's just, it's so cool. They did such an incredible job with it. Bravo. Bill did an amazing job on the mask. Again, the only thing I don't like is the hair. The hair is not big enough. It's throwing the mask off. And you can pose it, I guess, in different ways to make it look like more hair. Getting back down to the leg area, I love it. They did raised textured pattern on the tights, on the thighs, which is really cool. My only other gripe would be the painted belt. I think they should have not painted. They have so much texture detail on the tights. It makes no sense not to have a textured belt as well, but I'm sure they'll prove that moving forward. And then you have the boots, plain, black, little bit of a red, fiend-esque red along the Top toe of the boots. Yeah, yeah, the red on the front there. Red on the front is really cool. Look, guys, gals, listeners, this figure, it may go into the top list of 2020 right now. I I, I think we got to put it in there, Joe. I mean, it has to be on the top of the list of 2020. Regardless of the hair situation, it's just an awesome figure. And as I actually pose the figure, I think it looks better posed than in my hand. Yeah, I posed mine with the extra set of hands holding the lantern. Yeah, like if you get him in the right pose, he looks super cool. We got to throw our picks at the end of the year. He might be in the top 10. He may be in the top 10 of 2020. It is an amazing figure. It's the Fiend's debut elite figure. You got to put him in there. I know one figure that's not going to be in the top 10 of 2020. And that's the Firefly Funhouse Bray Wyatt ringside exclusive. Yeah, no. That, that, <laughs> that lost a lot of steam. I thought you were going to say the FTC Candida. <laughs> I mean, oh my God. That Candida is going into the pit list, baby. <laughs> <laughs> that thing is going on the pit list. <laughs> oh my God. That Bray Wyatt may go onto the pit list. I might spend the $50 to throw it in the pit list. Imagine if we burned the whole thing, one of 100, on YouTube. You see it fucking it explodes like an M80. <laughs> so it really is not... Manu- even even that's a problem. Oh my God. We don't have to be blocked. We're going to be in. It's going to end our lives. <laughs> I'll leave another review. I'm like, I can't even burn the stuff. It doesn't burn right. <laughs> I'll tell you. Well, this one is not going on the pit list. This... This one from Mattel is definitely in the top, maybe honorable mention, I would say, of 2020. Top 10, possibly. 
We loved it. We busted it open here today. It's making me sweat because I'm getting so fucking scared about this guy. He creeps me out. I'm going to fucking put him face down now. This is why I like keeping shit in the package. Put him uh, put him above your bed. No, put him face down on the desk right now. But absolutely love the figure. Again, it's from SummerSlam 2019 when The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, challenged Finn Balor, basically buried him, let him in. And that's why we let him in on this week's edition of Busted. Oh, man. Tonight, we are going to witness the most anticipated match in the history of professional wrestling. Are you ready? Wrestling fans, are you For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to rumble! And welcome to this week's edition of the main event. And the theme again for this week is the end of summer. We're getting out of the heat wave here in the Northeast. But before it ends, we're taking you back to ECW Heat Wave 2000. So on the main event this week, we're going to be talking about the match between Tommy Dreamer and Justin Credible. This was a really awesome match. It was the Stairway to Hell match in which there was a barbed wire bunch held atop the ring. And Joe, I didn't really get this match because why would anyone want to go and get the barbed wire from the top of the ring? I don't know. I always think of Sabu Sandman on this match. And for them, it made sense. But it should have been one of those one-off kind of matches, you know? I don't understand why you would want to get it. It's a stairway to hell. The barbed wire is to hell. I'm like, okay. And then they barely do anything with it half the time. I know, I know. So the match was a very short match, I believe coming in at a little over 10 minutes or so. But I feel the pay-per-view as a whole was, I don't know, this could have been the last great pay-per-view from them. We're moving into an area where they just got canceled by TNN. Their last TNN ECW show aired on October 6, 2000. By this time, they already knew that their programming wasn't going to be renewed. And it's their first time in Los Angeles, California, at the Grand Olympic Auditorium. The crowd is great. First LA appearance. Big time pay-per-view at the end of the summer. You have a pretty, again, stacked card. Some of the matches on this pay-per-view, other than Tommy Dreamer versus Justin Credible for the ECW World Heavyweight Championship, 
that stood out to me were Rhino versus Sandman. And that was a long build for that match. Yeah, it was a great build. Great build with the whole family situation. I always loved when ECW got personal. It was really fun. I absolutely also love the Steve Carino and Jerry Lynn match. Oh, yeah. Dude, Steve Carino and Jerry Lynn. And I always think back to Steve Carino to Jerry. I love that match, too. I forgot what pay-per-view that was on. I thought like King of Old School Steve Carino really showed in that match that he could be a next level guy. Just love the storytelling in the ring. And Jerry Lynn was just, oh, he's such a good wrestler. Oh, my God. So, you know, some of the highlights for me were those matches. Obviously, the Tajiri, Whipwreck, Guido, Psychosis match was fantastic. Yeah, it was a good one. Rob Van Dam, Scatty Anton was freaking great as well. So, again, I, you had just a really stacked card, and I felt like after this pay-per-view that it kind of just all went downhill from there. And I was at some of the last ECW pay-per-views, but Anarchy Ruse was eh. November to Remember was eh. And then you had Massacre was eh. I think like, uh, like Massacre was pretty good. That was like a good, solid wrestling card. Yeah, it was good. I was there. And again, I don't want to say that it wasn't good, but again, it was just, it was missing the old allure, the old... Oh, I don't know that just that ECW had a lot of new guys, right? And they were not that they weren't good. A lot of the older people were gone. They couldn't get paid, et cetera, et cetera. They were going to other promotions and you knew ECW was ending. You know, it just had that feel to it. Yeah, you knew it was coming. Yeah, even being in the crowd, the crowd was fantastic. We were hot. We were great, but... Again, the star appeal wasn't there. For me, I thought that this pay-per-view instead, I mean, the crowd was hot. You still had the big stars. With that said, though, let's get into a little bit of the match between Tommy Dreamer and Just Incredible. This is a long build in this match. Let's go back to CyberSlam 2000, where Just Incredible challenges Tommy Dreamer for the World Heavyweight Championship right after. Dreamer finally wins his first ECW title. I know. And then he defeats him. Ugh. I'm like, can you just let the guy hold the belt? Ugh. Well, you know it's Tommy. I know. You know him. He's just such a company guy, and he never needed that title. You have the Francine turn. Credible was scheduled then to defend the title against Dreamer and Storm in a three-way dance at Hardcore Heaven in May. Dreamer doesn't get to wrestle him because Credible says he'll throw down the title if Dreamer's in the match, so he's avoiding Dreamer. It's actually Lance Storm's final match in ECW before he heads to the big boys. Again, just the this, the beginning of the end. So Credible wins the match. Tommy interferes afterwards, hits the Dreamer driver on Credible. Then you have this whole Credible Raven thing going on. Yeah, he defeats Raven. Tommy finally comes out again, and it was announced on ECW on TNN that it would be Credible versus Dreamer in the Stairway to Hell match at Heat Wave 2000. To start this match, what's pretty crazy is, minus the introductions and whatnot, I just want to mention this. This is a funny pay-per-view. You have Jasmine St. Clair to start the match. 
So this is a porn star heavy pay-per-view. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. I'm like, oh, God. Oh, my God. And then you have in Dreamer's Quarter, you have also, uh, what's her name? Gorgeous George. Gorgeous George. She's supposed to be some sort of a equalizer, I guess, to Francine. That's pretty funny. Was it Missy? No, no. I'm thinking of a different match. Somebody in the crowd like screams out, hey, your, your, hey, your tits look great. And like it comes through perfectly on the WWE Network. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, God. Well, lucky they don't bleep out all the shouting because this crowd's raucous. And even before the match starts, you have a local independent promotion, XPW, create a little havoc. And there's a little brawl before the match. Francine plays it off like somebody tried to touch her. From all the information I got and the research I conducted, that never happened. It was just an XPW brawl. They got kicked out. They were invited to come to the show again, a local wrestling promotion in Los Angeles. I believe that still exists, to be honest with you. Yeah, they even fight outside afterwards. And then we get to the match. Yeah, the match, Will, goes by pretty quick. A couple things before the match. Do you remember that shirt Dreamer had on? When the hell do you ever see that version of the ECW shirt? That's the exact same thing I was thinking because when I saw New Jack have it on when he came out before he got beat up by the Baldies during this pay per view. Do you see that ECW shirt? Ever, ever see that shirt? I've never seen anybody selling that shirt. I've never seen it ever. I know. It's so funny. Great minds think alike, my friend, Static. Never see that shirt. I was thinking the exact same thing. I'm like, oh my God. I forgot what it said on the back, something pain. But I was like, oh my God, man. That, you talk about rare. And you know what? Another thing too, well, I like about ECW, which WCW used to do. I like when they put the logo on the ring. I love that. And ECW was great at doing that. Yeah, they had either their logo or the pay-per-view logo on the ring apron. Yeah, I love I love when they would cover the ring like that. Heatwave, it had the logo and some extra stuff there. But I was like, oh, man, I love when they do that. Yeah, I meant the ring mat. Sorry about that. You know why they don't do it these days, right? No. They change the, the mats every match now. Oh. So they don't want to print that for 10 matches. And change it. Yeah, I guess back then they didn't care. No, they had one mat. <laughs> WCW did it where they would cover the whole freaking ring almost too, like Fall Brawl, Halloween Havoc. And I love that, man. When I would turn the pay-per-view on and I'd see that, I'd be like, oh man, just little things like that. I, I enjoyed as a kid. I did too, Joe. And it's just sad to not see it around because of, well, health reasons, you know, I guess wrestling with this person and that person and the bodily fluids and all that. I think they change it more than anything for, you know, the safety and the health situation. AEW kind of did it briefly. I was like, oh man, anytime they do that, I get amped up. Yeah, you may see it more with them. Dude, when I went to my first WWE match in like 20 years or something, I don't even know. It wasn't 20 years, but I don't know, like 15 years, I saw that happening. And I was like, to my friend, I'm like, they do this shit now? He's like, yep, after every match. (laughs) I know. So getting back to the match, well, it's a pretty fast-paced kind of, you know, typical ECW match. Dreamer takes Credible outside. You know, they brawl a little bit, wrestle a little bit. But then, you know, the interference comes. And that's when things start going haywire. You know, you got Gorgeous George teaming up with Francine, turning on Dreamer. Jazz comes in the ring, takes both of them out. 
rips Francine's shirt off. You know, she's got the print handprints, kind of like how Sable used to have. I think it was handprints. No, it wasn't handprints. It was X's across uh, her chest after her shirt came off. She goes outside the ring. Just incredible. Hits That's Incredible on Jazz. Actually sold pretty good on that move. Then him and Dreamer go back and forth a little bit. Dreamer hits the DDT. He uh, climbs the ladder. He grabs the barbed wire wheel. And that's where the match kind of just ends pretty quick. He puts the barbed wire down. He does like a Dreamer driver on it. They kind of go back and forth. And it's a quick ending. You're like, okay, just incredible. Hits that's incredible two times. He hits Dreamer with it again on the barbed wire. And it's a quick three count. And that's it. I feel like the crowd after they hit that three count was pretty like sad. I feel like they were a little upset. She's like just incredible one. And they're going home kind of sad a little bit. I agree. After the whole short, I don't even want to call it a championship reign. I mean, it's not even a reign after Tommy holding the belt for 18 seconds or whatever the heck it was. I mean, I don't even know how long he held the belt, but it wasn't very long time. This could have been a regular match, just an ECW match without the stairway to hell. Because they used that for like two seconds, almost. Not even. Yeah, th- I, I didn't like the idea of having barbed wire. I like the idea of them being sh- extreme. And they, like you said, they should have just been extreme. If there was barbed wire in the match, it should have just been in the match. There was actually an interview with Tommy prior to the match where he talks about being extreme and he busts his head open by hitting his head very hard, probably about four or five times on a on a locker in the back <laughs> in the locker room. Yeah, and, that's a that's a great idea. And he just smacks his head into that locker, rams it like four or five times and he starts bleeding and talking about how TNN they don't want us because we're too extreme or something like that. I I can't remember the exact verbiage, but it was something like that. I'll tell you one thing though. Aside from that, you look at Tommy during this match and during this pay-per-view he is freaking huge, man. Talk about that ECW shirt. I love that ECW shirt. That's pretty rare and you never see him. But him in that ECW, he's got pecs. He's buff, man. He looks great. He looks in incredible shape. I am so disappointed. I understand he had his creative freedoms. He should have been champion, like you said. He should have won this match. And in my eyes, He should have been the last ECW champion ever. He's the company guy. He just should have been the champ in my eyes. Yeah, I agree. Well, I'm kind of neutral with Justin Incredible holding the belt. I never, I was never a huge Justin Incredible fan. So, you know, him, Impact Players, I kind of liked with him and Storm. I feel like, ah, I don't know. They didn't really have anybody else to use at the time. I feel like they pushed him to hold the gold and, you know, be like a main event guy. But to me, he just was always a mid-carder. Yeah, I'm not going to discredit Justin Credible and his accomplishments or his wrestling, professional wrestling style in ECW. He was good. I was never that astonished with his work. I think it was very good work. I did have a Justin Credible t-shirt. Not just the coolest, not just the best, just incredible. But man, I just wish Tommy would have Oh, I mean, he's so humble. I just wish he would have let the humble humbleness away. I wish that he would have given, he gave the fans absolutely everything. I I wanted him to give us the title run. Yeah, at least for a couple months, especially at the, especially, you know, the, and the ECW there. If he, you know, kind of rode off into the sunset with the gold. Or lost it, right? And really put over somebody. 
right? Like really, because, you know, at, by the end, even at the massacre on uh, 34th Street, he was facing C.W. Anderson at that time. Yeah, imagine like the last champion was C.W. <laughs> Give the gold to Kid Cash. Give me something, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, I'm only kidding. No, I know. I know. you're. <laughs> I know. But, you know. You know, you had Rhino. Dude, I, f- I forgot Kid Cash beat Rhino for the TV title. You had the situation at Guilty as Charged where Rhino defeated the Sandman. Sandman beats everybody on the TLC match with TLCC, tables, ladders, chairs, and canes, wins the ECW Heavyweight Championship. And then all of a sudden, a minute later, Rhino comes in and defeats Sandman, and he is the last ECW champion. I'm not discrediting Rhino whatsoever. I think Rhino's fantastic, but... Man, boy, would I love to see Dreamer in that picture. Although his feud with CW is fantastic. Yeah, I like those. I like the him versus CW. I like those matches. Look, Guilty as Charged, Rob Van Dam, Jerry Lynn, final, I say, ECW match of all time, pretty much. Great way to go out, no doubt, you know? Yeah, it's a sure thing. You know, you put those two together, last match of ECW, it's guaranteed to produce fireworks. Guaranteed. So let's review the figures that best represent this match, and you know what they are, Joe. It's the original San Francisco I forgot what it is. Original San Francisco Toymakers? The OSFTM. I know you're kidding. The original (laughs) San Francisco Toymakers figures from 99 and 2000. I mean, really, they're the best figures to represent this match because one, there I believe is only one other just incredible figure out there, which is a TTL Live or something, Jack Specific, which is god awful. God, that body. Oh, Jesus. Ugh. I mean, they got the head scan. Again, we talk about scanning technology, and that's they nailed the head scan, but that body, he's got like lats or whatever it is, that that neck of a beast. I mean, Jesus Christmas, that figure is terrible. Well, we'll always mention on this show, we, we love the ECW original San Francisco line. I love this Tommy Dreamer figure. It's amazing. What other Tommy Dreamer figure would you want in your collection? The Mattel one has the WWF ECW logo, that's a no-go for me in my eyes. This one best represents the match. He's got the original ECW logo on his shirt, which is awesome. He looks great. Taped wrists, taped hands. You got the little red detail on the boots. Little red detail on the boots. You can't beat that. It's a simple Tommy Dreamer figure. I actually love the pants too. He's got those baggy style pants. He comes with a trash can lid. Perfect for Dreamer. It is the quintessential Tommy Dreamer figure from OSFTM ECW Series 2. And then we move to the Just Incredible figure. And then... For the Just Incredible figure, we go back to Series 1. This shows you actually how prominent Just Incredible was at the time. I mean, you know, we talked about how, eh, you didn't, eh, you weren't that enthused about him being the champion. But I'll tell you, I mean, he drew some money. He had this attitude. He had the Just Incredible gimmick. He is in Series 1 of this OSFTM ECW set. So the debut series he's in. He comes with his sleeveless black shirt with the ECW logo on it in red with the jean shorts, the knee pads, the trash can. So not the lid. He's got the trash can. I mean, this figure is stellar. The only thing it's missing, Joe, is the cane, the Singapore cane. Yeah. If he came packaged with the cane, that would have been perfect. 
But otherwise, well, I I love this figure too. I think it's perfect. It represents Justin Credible as he was in ECW. It's a fantastic figure. I think the detail on it is that incredible because you also have his hand in the suck it pose. So one of his hands, you can hold things with or stick it up in the air like he's doing a fist. And the other hand, you have it open, open palmed hand that you could do the that's incredible right to the crotch area. Again, the thoughtfulness of these OSFTM ECW figures were incredible. I agree. Well, I love both of these figures. You know, fun match, fun ECW main event at the time. The rest of the card definitely cushioned the main event a little more. But just incredible. Anytime you put just incredible and Tommy Dreamer together, I feel like they always delivered. Always delivered. Tommy Dreamer and just incredible always delivered in ECW. You can't deny that. Two of the best storytellers and professional wrestlers at the time. Yes, was the wrestling match a little wonky at times? It was. But it was quick. It was sweet. It was to the point. It was chaos. It was 10 minutes of pure chaos in my eyes because you had women. They were losing their shirts. They were getting slammed around. You had a rival organization invade. I mean, pure chaos. And then the barbed wire at the end just, it's ECW, baby. (laughs) Or as Dreamers said, just prior to the start of the match, after the invasion, EC fucking W. EC W. And that's it, listeners, for this week's main event. And don't forget, the Squared Circle Action Figure Podcast is the gold standard in wrestling figure. Podcast.